What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Your album sales are down 70%. We need to do some damage control. A washed up rocker. What if you publicly fulfill a Christmas wish? She's a 30 year old with a teenage crush. Becomes a holiday house guest. You really don't want to be here, do you? Now, only once for Christmas. We observe curfew of 11.30 a.m. or p.m. Is an escape plan. Who's out there? It's only 11.29. Drew Lachey in the Up Original Movie, Guess Who's Coming to Christmas. Sunday, December 8th at 7, only on Up, America's Christmas Channel. So we thought we had it all figured out, didn't we? Uh, we knew the destination for Christmas was Hallmark, the Hallmark Channel, followed by Freeform, slightly underneath that lifetime, maybe throwing an eye on a little bit. But no, apparently, guys, we are wrong. The real destination for the holidays is none other than Up. Now, what is Up, you ask? Up is apparently a Christian channel that I get. So, woohoo, because that means we get to cover a movie there. Uh, welcome back to another edition of the Stocking Stuffers of the Feminine Critique. Uh, I'm Emily. I did not subject Christine to today's movie, Guess Who is Coming to Christmas. Uh, not because I don't love her, but because I really do. And... A gal can only have so much of these movies in their life unless they are me and are inhuman in some way where I can keep watching these. And so far, it hasn't driven me insane yet. Now, will that change today? I don't know. Let's find out. Today's feature presentation is none other than, as you heard, Guess Who is Coming to Christmas? Now, as you can probably figure out, that is a, you know, the title is a play on a um, much more famous movie uh, from the 50s, I think, called Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which was a, you know, a racially charged movie about accepting that the world is changing and your daughter might be dating Sidney Poitier, and you got to deal with that. So naturally, Guess Who's Coming to Christmas um, is about a white family that has to welcome a white former rock star into their lives for Christmas, and they will all be changed by that or something. Uh, to give you a very quick rundown of the movie before we plunge into the details of does it meet our criteria for these kinds of television Christmas movies. Uh, so this movie is from 2014, made for the Up Network, as we said. Uh, and it stars Drew Lachey uh, as Dax. One one name, like Madonna, one name. Now, those of you who are thinking, Drew, Drew Lachey, where do I know that name from? Uh, surely you didn't forget a little band called 98 Degrees that was sort of not quite the Backstreet Boys, not quite in sync, but somewhere on like the third tier of all of those boy band movements of the late 90s. 
Uh, his older brother, Nicholas Shea, is probably more famous, perhaps because he was married to Jessica Simpson. Uh, but Drew Lachey, um, I think he was like on or one Dancing with the Stars. So maybe some of you out there know him from that. Uh, the whole time I was watching this movie, um, Confession, I thought it was Nick Lachey. I just didn't pay attention. And I was watching it. I'm like, man, Nick Lachey looks a little rough. I thought he was a little more handsome than that. So no, his younger brother just isn't quite as conventionally attractive as he is. So Dax, everybody. Dax is a rock star, but a rock star for the Up Network. So it means, like, he wears eyeliner, but um, it's, like, totally just a little, you know, only when he's trying to be bad type thing. Uh, Dax was a big rock star for a while. His career has been as a slump. He is creatively unfulfilled. Uh, So his manager comes up with a plan to get him some publicity. He also has an image problem because on Thanksgiving, he went out to Whole Foods, uh, I suppose, and got a frozen turkey, then hopped in his car because in Manhattan, he apparently like drives around, which does not make much sense. Uh, There is apparently a... um, uh, emergency outside of some sort if you heard that i apologize it's new york city not the new york city of the up network where uh the most interesting thing that happens on thanksgiving is this aging rock star uh gets into a drunk driving accident nobody is hurt but the big scandal is that he was in a drunk driving accident he was driving and there was a turkey on the seat next to him and for some reason that's like the wackiest thing you can possibly imagine so to clean up his image, his manager says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to run a contest. Uh, we're going to have your fans write letters. We're going to pick one randomly. And whoever we pick, you're going to go spend the holidays with them. Sounds like a good idea, right? You know, we've seen this sort of thing on the Brady Bunch and, and all those other wonderful family programs. Uh, the family that is picked now, this is where our twist comes in. So... The family is the Hardings. Now, the Hardings live in a teeny little rural town called Cedar Grove, Cedar Park, Cedar Grove, Illinois. Uh, They live on a farm. The dad is a minister. Uh, Then there's a wife. There's a younger son. And then there is a daughter. The daughter is named Kelly. Uh, Kelly is a grown woman, somewhere in her late 20s, 30. And Kelly left rural America for the big city way back in the day. And she was successful for a while. In that thriving uh, niche industry known as book jacket writing. Kelly wrote the, you know, little blurbs that go on book jackets. Uh, But what with print being dead, uh, her publishing house closed, she lost her job, she moved back in with mom and dad. Uh, She's in a slump. Uh, and now she's in her like childhood bedroom, which, much like me, she has not actually changed since you know she was in high school and so on. So there's still a giant poster of Dax, who she was obsessed with back when she was a teenager. For some reason, it's not really clear, uh, her younger brother, I think he's just trying to be nice, so he decides to write a letter to enter her into this contest. And what do you know? She's picked... Uh, so now Dax has to come to Cedar Grove, Illinois, and because there's no hotels anywhere in the town, because the town is mostly known for llamas and for this man who's the minister, uh, he has to spend a week with them. And, you know, this could cause some problems because, you know, he's a good-looking guy. Kelly's a good-looking girl. Um, he has a sort of model girlfriend who's jealous. Um, but, you know, it's a lot about you know, not drinking for a week and having to go to church not drunk, although he goes to church drunk. And that is, of course, our kind of comedy of errors, if you will. That is the story of Guess Who's Coming to Christmas. Now, let us go into the important thing, uh, which is 
how do all of these this movie fit into our 10 criteria pieces for actually being one of these movies. Um, so we're going to start with our lead in need of a lesson. Now here it's a little tricky guys, because, uh, you can argue this, that Kelly is the lead. You can argue that Dax is the lead. So we're going to kind of combine numbers one and three, which is our love interest. So the lead in need of a lesson, we're just going to say this is Dax is the one who needs a lesson. Um, he's also a little bit of a poor little rich boy, if you think about it, because he's a wealthy rock star. Um, and, you know, in, in this case, so he's uh, uh, just a very um, shallow man who has drinking problems and has lost his inspiration for writing music. So all of these things that make you realize, okay, he's the one in need of a lesson here, but he needs a pure-hearted woman who is, remember, our type B protagonist female to teach him that. And we get that in Kelly. Kelly is a nice enough girl. Um, she, you know, is the daughter of a minister, and we'll get to the religion aspect of this later. Uh, but, you know, she's your typical, she's much prettier than um, the movie makes her out to be. Uh, but she is not model pretty, and she's not, like, that tall, so therefore she fits into that sort of, like, cute uh, classification. Uh, so now, jumping down to the setting, uh, we get, like, double bonus here, because we start off in the Big Bad City, and by Big Bad City, I'm using air quotes, because it's called New York City. Boy, do I wish my New York City was that clean. You could lick, uh, if you spilled coffee on the ground, in the New York City in this movie, I would lick that fucking coffee up because that is a clean, clean street, and we do not have those in Manhattan. You can also tell it's not Manhattan by the fact that, like, you can see street names, and none of those streets are in Manhattan. So there's that. Uh, we move very quickly to a small town, the small town of Cedar Grove, Illinois. Uh, we really get nothing of the town because uh, all we know is um, it's very rural and... The younger son wants to save, like, the boys' club. So I guess that's all there is to do there. We see them go into town at one point, and it's just like a street in Canada. Uh, so there is the concept of small-town charm. The mother is a real estate agent. Um, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, Drew Lachey uh, decides he's going to move to the town and buy a house there. So they are trying to say, this town's so wonderful that New York City rock stars in leather pants are going to move here. But they don't really give you much other than this one family. Likewise, number four is the montage. And for the second movie I've watched in a row, we don't fucking get a montage. Uh, I'm really not happy about that. Because it means that there's a lot of other things happening that are not interesting that would have been more interesting if they were done in montage form. Uh, moving on to number five, dead parents. Um, yes, Virginia, there are dead parents. In this case, it is obviously not Kelly because her parents are married and happy and he's a minister and they're wonderful and la la. Uh, but Dax, what do you know, has dead parents. Uh, and much like Christmas Incorporated, not only did Dax have dead parents, but Dax was then raised by his grandmother who is also dead. So it's almost like they get it gets a bonus point for having that third um, matriarchal figure who is dead, and it's tragic. Uh, number six, moving right along, is the sassy sidekick character. Uh, yeah, kind of not not overly strong here. Um, Dax is a manager who kind of shows up to manage and stuff, and he's perfectly um, suited for the job. Uh, but not not I would, don't know. I'd call him sassy. 
Uh, the other one you could argue that for is Kelly's younger brother, uh, who, when we talk a lot of times when we have a kid in these movies, the kid has to have like a thing, that thing that defines the kid. Cause of course, every child, you know, there's like one thing you can describe them, right? It's like, Oh, they play sports or, Oh, they play music or, Oh, they have a lisp. Uh, in this case, the kid, his big thing is that like, he wants more technology, but his dad won't let him have it. So he keeps trying to argue that they should like, extend the price limit they have on Christmas presents that he can get like an iPad. That's kind of his thing. Uh, they do, however, give a nice little um, uh, kind of development to him where later in the film, you find out very casually that he was adopted and the movie doesn't make anything, you know, any like statements about it. They just kind of put it in there to say like, yeah, when he first came here, it was really hard because he was still angry because he had been, you know, brought in and brought back so many times. I guess that's a thing that happens. Um, but it took time and we developed trust. So kudos to you, guess who's coming to Christmas, for having a very positive mention of adoption when you really, the film didn't call for it in any way, but they threw that in there. And I salute that. Very positive. Uh, he doesn't wear, um, dangly earrings, which is disappointing though. Now, number seven is what makes this film kind of bearable. Our number seven, for those who forgot, is the evil woman character. Uh, again, we know it's usually either a corporate woman or a gorgeous stone-hearted girlfriend to our male lead. And yes, guys, that's what we get here. So Dax's girlfriend is named Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea, I like I guess she's a model or something. They never say what she does or anything really. And even Dax is like, yeah, she's not my girlfriend. She just keeps showing up. So that's, I guess that's how rock stars have relationships. Who knew? Uh, Chelsea, when we talk about how these women are always very looks oriented, every other line that Chelsea has is basically about how she doesn't eat. Um, including one where they're talking about Thanksgiving and she says, I don't know why sad people have problems being skinny. If everyone ate salad at Thanksgiving, there'd be no obesity epidemic. Great line. Uh, There's actually a very funny bit where they're talking about like how uh, Chicago, not Chicago, how Illinois, this little town in Illinois is in the middle of nowhere. And what do they do? Grow corn there. And then Drew Lachey is like, no, that's Nebraska. And she's like, oh, okay, potatoes. He's like, no, that's Idaho. And then she says, and I actually chuckled at this, how am I supposed to know? I don't eat carbs. Uh, And then later they have a great scene where she's like reading with very carefully the um, nutritional information on the back of a diet Pepsi can while everybody else is drinking eggnog. Um, So, you know, she is uh, shallow, uh, not like vicious by any means, but just your typical character that is there to be in the way of the real love that is brimming uh, between Kelly and Dax. And of course I say that with all the sarcasm in my voice, cause boy, do they not have, chem- like they have less chemistry than Sinead Grimes had with that, like really good looking piece of wood in that Christmas incorporated movie. And that's kind of sad. Moving on to number eight is the slapstick element of these movies. We don't specifically get that. Um, but we do have like other things that kind of qualify, I think. So there's this ongoing thing of how Dax wants to break into the liquor cabinet, but there's no drinking in this house. Uh, He eventually does, and then he shows up to church drunk and passes out. Um, I kind of, I know that, like, the Lachey's grew up very religious and probably very conservative. 
Uh, I don't know that Drew Lachey has ever actually had alcohol because his drunk acting is kind of what every teenager drunk acts when they have to drunk act in the school play before they actually know what it means to be drunk. Uh, So there's that. And then the other thing that sort of qualifies uh, is the secondary slapstick, which is when you have the female character uh, who is more business oriented and therefore doesn't know things about life and cooking. And there's an ongoing joke about how Kelly can't cook and can't bake. And every time she tries, she breaks something or turns a pie into soup and all that. And I guess it's supposed to be funny. So to some like Midwestern mother out there, I hope that got you a chuckle. It didn't work on me, but that's okay. Uh, Number nine, sage old person. We do, I think you can qualify the dad in this film. Um, I mean, he's again, not old by any means, unless you're these channels that assume anybody over 35 is over the hill. Uh, He does give advice. Uh, He's a minister, and I guess I'll use this to talk about here. Now, most of you know I'm not a religious person in any way. Uh, I generally find these kinds of um, very overtly Christian movies offensive or silly or kind of dumb. And this one, it's dumb, but it is not offensive or um, uh, it's not uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sometimes these movies have an agenda. And it feels as if, if you are not Christian and you're watching this, this movie is kind of talking over your shoulder at the Christian behind you. And this movie, as much as the characters are Christians and the dad is a minister, it doesn't really force that on you. Nick Lachey, not Nick, Nick Lachey's brother at the end of this movie, does not come out and say, I found God in Jesus, everything's great. What he says is, uh, you, this family has taught me about faith. Faith in the world and faith in myself. So they really could have gone much more overtly pleasing to the Christian core of the up channel but they actually kind of did something smart where they kept it kind of open and it's just kind of saying like all the positive christians in the world that really just want to teach people to believe in the goodness of everything so you know kudos to you for that as a result though probably because this movie you know ultimately the important thing is god uh we don't have santa claus so number 10 there is no santa claus and that's kind of disappointing as far as our bonuses, uh, the public domain holiday song, you, not quite. However, there is an original song because it's Drew Lachey and he's writing a song with Kelly. So they sing it at the end. But it's weird because it's like a love song and I don't understand what that has to do with Christmas. Uh, but it is there. So that is a quarter of a bonus point. Product placement, uh, I don't believe we get any. So we're going to skip that one. Uh, cloying Child, I think the son, even though I, I kind of liked the kid and I think they did smart things with him, he was still kind of your teenage brother, so he'll count. Uh, ice skating, no, not that I remember. Uh, and bonus for Canadianisms, you know, I don't, I didn't check where it was filmed. I have a feeling it was more filmed than like North Carolina. And the reason I say that is because there's, uh, now I don't know much about Illinois, but I'm pretty sure it gets like really cold in winter, right? Because I mean like Chicago, windy. And that there is a scene where the two characters are walking down the street and Nick Lachey's brother is wearing a leather jacket unzipped and a t-shirt underneath. And they don't make any like thing about, boy, it's cold or boy, it's unseasonably warm today in Illinois. So I'm going to say that this does get points for just not clearly not being filmed where it's set. 
both the Manhattan elements and the Illinois elements. So to do our tally, um, you know, I haven't figured out if I actually need to do this math, uh, but we've got, we didn't have a montage, so that's three, four, five, six, seven, eight, uh, and then we have, I think, what did I say, three quarter points, so once again, we're at 8.75, which means something to this movie's credit. Uh, do I recommend Guess Who's Coming to Christmas? Well, I'll tell you, if you had a 98 Degrees poster hanging up in your bedroom when you were 15, sure. Uh, the movie does make a uh, clear effort to show, like, Dax wearing leather pants. Uh, and it's the kind of leather pants, like, that somebody who doesn't really wear leather pants wears because they're very loose and they're not flattering and all of that. Um, to anybody else, I mean, I... <laughs> You know, you could do worse. All right, I'm just going to say. You could do worse. Uh, This at least had a little bit of charm because it was really earnest. Um, You know, whoever made this, the director has done a lot of other TV stuff, including the Murder, She Baked series of films. Uh, You know, their heart was in the right place. They wanted to tell a, a love story about, like, a really nice family and things working out for them. So that's good for them. Uh, I mean, it's it's awful. It's terrible. It's stupid. It's not entertaining. It's not funny. It's not smart. It's not clever. But I mean, I don't know. If if I get sent to hell and I imagine the library is going to be stocked with these kinds of movies, like I'll kind of breathe a sigh of relief if this is one of them because at least I know I can get through it and I won't want to pluck my eyes out. So that is my review of Guess Who's Coming to Christmas. As always, we'll be back with more. Uh, in the meantime, just Remember to ask your sister before you enter her for a contest to meet a guy that she had a crush on when she was 16. Scooter? Yes, ma'am. Gonzo? Check. Roger? Yes, Miss Biggie. This is what we're going to sing. Christmas is coming. The goose is getting fat. Nice. Please do put the penny in the old man's hat. If you haven't got the penny, a head penny will do. If you haven't got the head penny, then God bless you. Good. Now, Scooter, uh-huh. you come in after my first line, right. and you two boys follow. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.